Hey, this is Lewis Cuevas from Casa Cuevas Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Pulpit, and clearly you must be slumming it today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn Nick, and with me, as always... It's Gator. And on the line, we have a special guest. We have Lewis Cuevas Jr. He is the owner and president of Casa Cuevas Cigars. How are you, sir? I am super well, and even better than now that I'm on the, on the air with you guys. Awesome. Thank you. So we are, first of all, thank you so much for sending us some cigars. We, you sent us a very nice sampler pack so that we could uh, check out your, your line a little bit. And so Jeff and I are going to be smoking a couple of those cigars here today. I have cool. the, uh, the Habano Robusto, and Jeff has got the Connecticut Robusto. So would, awesome. you, would you mind telling us a little bit about these cigars as we uh, get ready to go ahead and do our light and cut and all that? Sure, absolutely. Um, starting with the Connecticut, uh, it's a, obviously an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. It's got a Dominican binder. And inside, you've got a blend of Nicaraguan, Dominican, and a little bit of Colombian fillers. Um, the Abano is a little more complex. Ecuadorian Abano wrapper, also a Dominican wrapper, binder, forgive me, and a lower binder. But the fillers got Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, Colombia, and Dominican Republic. So you got five countries in that one. And uh, it's the Habano seems to have been a, a tremendous hit, and that Connecticut is really a smoker's Connecticut. It's not a boring Connecticut. Um, there's something to it, which is what we were aiming for. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Perfect. I'm Good sure stuff. we will. So. Give me a second here to get mine out of the cellophane. Oh, <sighs> God. This is the other thing he likes to do. He likes to make a very, a very <laughs> giant show about... <laughs> getting you're done got come it. on okay. got it okay good <laughs> that right. was really in there <laughs> it really wasn't <laughs> oh lord well so the uh it is now time for us to cut the cigar and the ceremonial cut is brought to you by riverman cigar company uh, crestwood missouri crestwood missouri so our man dan over there at riverman cigar company he's been going through the motions with everything with covid man you know st louis county um, still requiring some uh, some small capacity uh, groups and everything, but he's got that 1,500 square foot covered patio out front where everyone can social distance, sit outside. And let me tell you guys, if you're living in the St. Louis area right now, it's like 80 degrees and gorgeous out. So it's a good day to sit out in front of Riverman good Cigar Company and weather. pass some time. So he's got everything for every budget. He's got that that $3 to $100 range. He's got that collection of uh, cultivated budget cigars, you know, the the premium bundle cigars that he's got there, all the way up to that $100 Saki Unicorn. So for those of you who want to do that. And everything in between. And everything in between. So for those of you who live in the St. Louis area, swing by Riverman Cigar Company. If you're swinging through the St. Louis area, swing by Riverman Cigar Company. And if you don't live in St. Louis... And you don't have a brick and mortar that you... uh call home feel free to call dan at riverman cigar company and he can put in a nice mail order for you whenever you want so with that it's time that we go ahead and cut the cigar so using my swedish cutter today from bjorn oh yes i have eyes on the cutter bjorn eyes are on the cutter so (laughs) yes uh, i lost our friend bjorn's cutter for a while and found it now we kind of keep it yes sir so so uh we have a listener bjorn uh from sweden and he was kind enough to send us some cutters from his uh, his shop there, or the, the brick and mortar that he frequents there in Sweden. And uh, Jeff uh, Jeff lost his for quite a while. I, I did. And so now every time he uses it, I always have to tell 
Bjorn that I actually have eyes on the cutter, um, <laughs> and that he's not just faking Bjorn it. Bjorn knows I'm not making it up that you way. Know, making it up. So there you go. There you go. So what are you getting on your cold draw there, Nicholas? Okay. So well, well, you've already done yours. So why don't you start while I do mine? <laughs> I'm drinking coffee, so that may throw me off a little bit. Well, I had a, a smoothie from Smoothie King on the way over here, so that's kind of throwing me <laughs> off, too. Well, like, I'll tell you what, Jeff, who's smoking at Connecticut, yep. coffee is perfect with it. Beautiful. Perfect with it. Perfect with it. Well, there you go. So what are you getting then, Jeff? It's got a sweetness to it. Uh, let me do the cold retro. We For <laughs> for what it's worth, we do... <laughs> I, I have patented the cold retro hail. And, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. so Mr. Provost, I've done that. And oddly enough, I'm getting I'm getting lots of inquiries about buying the patent from me. I don't know oh, really? No, <laughs> I was I was unaware of that. Yeah, there's just there's a, a just a gentle sweetness uh, on the cold draw and the cold retro. It's kind of similar with the habano. It's almost like a little like tart raisiny kind of thing going on. Like it's sweetness, but like just a you smid. never get raisins on a cigar. I have I, I'm always the one. Raisins before, thank <laughs> always you. the one that gets raisins or fruit. I'm, I'm lighting up my cigar. Oh, he's you're, just you're so just... bitter today. Anyway, he was he, <laughs> he was running late, so he's all mad. I was caught behind a box truck. <laughs> it wouldn't move. It was going very very slow, and I had no opportunity to pass. Anyway. I have to call him out when he's late because I'm always the one that's late. So, so. Louis, you oh, are, really? <laughs> you are. You are fourth generation in the cigar industry, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Can you go through your family's history a little bit there? Absolutely. Uh, Great-grandfather, Spaniard, leaves Spain uh, when he was, I think, a very young man, 13, 14, winds up in the westernmost portion of Cuba, Pinal de Rio, which is tobacco country. Um, He was a farmer by trade, and his family was a farmer by trade, or at least my family was a farmer by trade, in... uh, in Spain, so um, it seemed like a natural fit to go and land in tobacco country and just continue working in that industry, meaning farming, but it was tobacco. Uh, then my grandfather took the business and really grew it quite substantially. In 1959, uh, Fidel, the idiot, shows up and everything gets confiscated. And the only good thing that came out of that is we wound up in this amazing country. So uh, we, we fled. And you, yeah. you were referring to Castro there. I just want to point that out for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah, they. Yeah. You they think they all that. got that? I'm okay. pretty sure they all that, got that. I, I mean, I yeah. got it. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure your listeners got all that. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't Fidel Smith. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 or Fidel Gonzalez. It was uh, exactly. Yeah. God. <laughs> so, so you, we wound up in in the states, and uh, my my father. Started a different type of business here in the States, successful with it. And one of his brothers went to the DR after he left. He start, stopped here in the States first and went to the DR. And then between the two of them, they started a cigar factory in the 80s. And uh, by 97, my dad was 100% over there. In the meantime, we'd go back and forth. Uh, he was sort of financing the thing. In 1997, when the boom was going, he went all in. And uh, they've been there ever since. So my uncle and my dad went their separate ways. My uncle no longer has the factory that he had. My dad certainly still does. And in 2009, I joined up 100% with my dad. So I've been at this now for uh, 11 years, 100%. And um, now my son is helping us out here in a part-time basis. He's here in the office with me right now. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's fifth generation. And, and uh, sort of going all over the place, if you look at, the um, the bands that you guys have from the cigars I sent, 
Yeah. You'll see four. You'll see four stars there underneath uh, the I logo itself on the band. Yes, sir. And did I and did I send you guys some reserve as well? The blue. Yeah. Get the blue ones as the, well. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll see five stars, and so the stars represent the generations. Oh, uh, the, oh, I like the that. fifth star, yeah, the fifth star is my son. The fourth star was was me, and obviously you, you back it up. You got my father, grandfather, and great grandfather. You go in reverse, and if you notice, there are bands, uh, seals, country seals, on the side of where it says Cuevas. Yes, and uh, and the ones you guys are smoking, there is a tiny band on the far right, which is Cuba. Then you've got the Dominican. I'm sorry. You've got Spain, then you have Cuba, and then you have the Dominican Republic. So that was the route we took. If you look at the reserve of oh. one, you've also got the U.S. seal because my boy was born in in the U.S. of A. So oh, very we, cool. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a rhyme and a reason for all of it. I can't take all the credit. I got to give credit where credit is due. Umberto Arias from Cigar Package Design, who works with a lot of people in this industry, um, we corroborated on this, and a lot of it was was his idea as the. Uh, as he tried to cultivate the uh, the notion that yeah you know we've been at this for generations and you know why not why not harken back to where we came from so and where we are so it, you know it's it's cool it's cool but it's something I don't talk about unless I get asked but I just figured what the hell I'll I'll throw it in there with you guys no I, I there you go. that's why we're here that's really neat because you know it's one of those things a lot of times people look at the bands on their cigars and you know they might think oh that's a cool looking band or whatever but they don't there's a lot that goes in I mean a good band. There's a lot yeah. that goes into that band. There's a lot of art, you know, um, uh, history and thought and everything that goes in behind that band. And so it's it's interesting to learn, you know, what about the components on this on this little piece of paper, you know, what they all actually mean. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm I'm really happy with the fact that there's a significance to all of it. It's kind of like a, I don't know, getting a tattoo and and having it mean something. Yeah. As opposed to just getting, you know, a barbed wire on your arm. You know, it's, there's something for everybody. But um, the idea being that we wanted something that represented the family. And, uh, you know, it's it's there. At least it's there. At least I know it's there. You know, yeah. so it's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you guys, historically, for the longest time, you were making cigars. But a lot of your cigars you were being you, you were making for for other other companies. Correct. And then, yeah. and then in 2017, that's when Casa Cuevas got going on its own. Correct. Um, and it was, you know, it's something that was bandied about for a long time. In 2002, my, my dad tried launching a brand called the Cuevas Habanos. And um, it was just a manufacturer. They sent them to the States. It never really caught any any fire. It never got any legs. Uh, and it's it's really difficult to have a brand grow when you don't have a sales staff. And there was no sales staff. I mean, it was just being peddled about by some of my cousins, by myself. It, it wasn't working. Um, that is the Cuevas Reserva that you're smoking now. I, I had to change the name from Abanos to Reserva in order to trademark it because the word Abano cannot be trademarked. The U.S. won't allow it. I see. Because Cuba won't allow it. Um, so that was our grandfather product. But that came and was that was launched in July of last year. Prior to that, as you mentioned, in 2017, when we launched Casa Cuevas, we had no choice at that point but to do it because the FDA had uh, issued that uh, that law that essentially said if you don't bring in a cigar before June, I think it was June or August of 2016, and have it in market, you can no longer bring in a new line. Yeah. So we did actually bring them in. 
during that time period, but the actual launch was done in 2017. Oh, okay. You follow me? Yeah. No, okay, the, the, the official launch, yeah. And so we did it. We waited a long time to, to do anything because, truth be told, uh, I really had no idea how to market the thing. Uh, I knew it was an uphill climb, and uh, and it still is very much so. There's there's a lot of really great cigars out there, and you're competing in a in a, in a pretty saturated market. Um, and so we weren't sure how to how to get it going, but you know, three years later, we're going strong. We've been growing a lot, and I'm I'm happy. I'm in it. I'm super thrilled. I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. awesome. So, Jeff, tell me, what are you getting on the Connecticut over there? Um, it's it's kind of creamy. Um, I'm not really getting that Connecticut bitterness, you know, that, that mm-hmm. sometimes the Connecticut has a tend to, or tends to have. Um, I'm not really getting that. My ash is really beautiful and marbled. You know, it's gray and black. It's actually burning really well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm really liking the Habano here. It's got a little bit of, uh, I, I did a retrohale. I did pot down my my microphone. I watched uh, your head explode from across the <laughs> Lewis table. Lewis was talking. And uh, so I, I did a retrohale, and there's some pepper on the retrohale. On the actual yep. smoke itself, it's uh, it's a very smooth smoke. Um, you know, construction-wise, this thing is is great i mean i've got a great burn line like you said the ash is really tight nice nice light very light almost white kind of gray color yeah. um and it, it's kicking off a ton of smoke i'm really enjoying this i'm so gonna far. try a retro hail okay you can do the retro hail there <laughs> i'm the one that you usually coughs my brains out when i do it so do you really very yeah. smooth yeah, that, very smooth a hint, little hint of pepper but yep. very very smooth retro hail and, and speaking to Jeff's point, uh, I didn't mention it because I wanted maybe if you guys picked up on it, and he did. The uh, the Connecticut from Ecuador usually has that bitterness to it, and we tried to mitigate that with that Colombian tobacco. I, I absolutely love Colombian tobacco. It, it does offset that bitterness. It has an, an innate sweetness to it, Colombian does, mm-hmm. yeah. that that sort of it does offset that bitterness that you get from uh, the Ecuadorian Connecticut. So that that was the aim. And I'm glad I achieved it because Jeff picked up on it right away. And and as far as the Habano, yeah, it's got it's got a good pepper, a good spice to it, especially the retrohale. Yeah. And we were aiming for that as well. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah you I guys mean, hit on exactly what we wanted you to hit on, it's, which is great. It's that worked hitting out. All, yeah. it, it's hitting all my good notes here. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Awesome. And that and and that's the thing with us, Lewis, is you know, Jeff and I, we have different palettes. You we know? do. He, you know, he tends to go with the more mild. Um, kind of shade grown Connecticut and everything, and okay. I tend to go more medium to full, and so I like something that's got a little spice, little not a, not I don't want something that's going to completely come up and just slit your throat, but you know something that's you uh, want your cigar to kick you in the nuts. Let's be honest. Yeah, but I don't want to get killed by it. You yeah. know, so mm-hmm. this is this is this is hitting all the right notes, especially for my first cigar of the day. I don't want to like you know come at it you know with a with a rocket launcher right off the bat, you know, exactly. so this, this works out really Actually, great. Actually, my second cigar of the day, I already, I had a breakfast cigar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good for you. you know, the whole COVID quarantine thing, I'm sitting at home. How did you have a breakfast cigar? I called you when I was on my way down here, and I woke you up. It, I got it in quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was right. one of the Undercrown Shades. Oh, one of those little so, guys. Yeah, it was a, it okay. was a light one. So. Okay. Anyway. Now, now I, I have a couple of quick questions, so... <laughs> One one of my bucket list items that I have, and I turned 51 this past Friday, and, you know, so I'm just hanging on by a thread, so I've got to get these bucket list things done. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, time is not on my side. And I have wanted to go to Cuba for many, many years. And I know 
under President Obama, some of those rules got relaxed. And then under President Trump, you know, we had the whole attack kind of thing at the embassy with the the secret weapon that was used against us. It's a whole thing. It, look it up. You guys will know what I'm... You, you, everybody that listens knows I'm into conspiracies. So just look it up. You'll find out about it. But yep. uh, those, those rules kind of got locked back down. What What is your feeling, you know, having family from Cuba and having to deal with the whole debacle with the Castro regime. Um, what are what are your feelings on normalizing relations or reestablishing reestablishing relations with Cuba? All right, that's, that's that's an interesting question. Um, okay, so let me let me start from the beginning. I um, I've never gone back to the place I was born. Um, my family's never gone back. I mean, we left. My dad left in '68 to Spain. We I was a two years old. Um, then we were reunited in Spain with my mom in 1970. Um, uh, from there we came to the States. Uh, Franco was allowing Cubans to, to leave the Island. This was a few years after 59, right. Um, to leave the Island and he was welcoming them. And then we were fortunate enough to come to this phenomenal country. I've never been back. None of, none of my family has ever been back. Uh, I don't have any family over there that's immediate. Right. So, my grandparents came here and, and passed away here. All my cousins, some of them were born here, and the ones that were born over there still came here. My dad's 10 brothers and sisters all came over here. My mom's one sister is all here. I have no family there, and I have no interest in going uh, at all. Short of short of a literally one-day visit where my mom and dad could take me to where I was born, where they grew up, and once I saw that, I can hop on the plane and come back. Well, that's not going to happen exactly, so I'm, I may never go back. Notwithstanding that, I have friends who go to Cuba, um, have gone to Cuba, have taken cruises before COVID and everything else um, to Cuba, and that's fine. I mean, to each his own. Um, normalizing relations, I think, would be a, a good thing in so much as maybe it would help the people over there a bit, but, um, I would rather see that happen if the government changes first. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm not dead set against it. It's kind of like a delicate topic. So, um, you know, I'm not completely opposed to it. I'm just not all in. Right. So if it happens, it happens. Um, and if it doesn't, I'm okay with it. If the government changes over there, then really the point is moot because it's going to happen at that point, right? Exactly. Uh, then, then, yeah. So this, that's really non consequential. So um, that's where I stand on that. I, you know, I remember years ago, and I'm going all over the place on this. Years ago, there was talk that if they normalized relations, then the U.S. market would then be welcoming Cuban cigars, and I was 100 percent for that. And I'll tell you why. I, I think that they are completely overrated at this point. I don't think that the Cuban cigars that are waxed eloquently about as being these phenomenal things, uh, I don't think they are anymore. I also don't think that Cuba has the resources to flood this market with, which it would be the, the, a coup for them, right? Yeah. To have all those cigars come into this market and, and think about it, the embargo really is the U.S. because – Cuba deals with Canada. Cuba deals with Central and South America. Cuba deals with all of Asia. Cuba deals with all of Europe. So, you know, it's one country saying, don't bring your stuff over here. But all the other countries are saying, yeah, give me your cigars. So, you know, if you've taken a, a trip to Europe and you go to London or you go to Madrid or you go to Paris, you can buy Cuban cigars. Uh, they're, they're available. Um, you know, we were in Canada last year at one point and I stopped at a cigar shop and 
I bought a couple of Cuban cigars because I can't get them here. I wanted to see what it's all about. Um, and I wanted to get to legit stuff, not the stuff that somebody brings on vacation from Cuba. And, you know, their uncle worked at the factory who knows some other guy who knows another guy. Yeah. And they bring you bogus stuff. Yeah. Um, the stuff I always, the stuff I always yeah. joke that's packed with hair and fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whatnot, right? Uh, <laughs> and whatnot. So, you know, so I, I, um, I, I wound up smoking o- over the years and we've traveled here and there. And some are very good, but a lot of them are not. And I think that if the U.S. market has the opportunity to have Cuba compete with us head to head, I think my my fellow manufacturers are going to take a dip in sales for a bit. And then I think the American consumer is going to go, okay, now that it's not the forbidden fruit and I'm comparing apples to apples, here you have this apple that's three times the price and is not even nearly as good as the other stuff I was smoking. So I, I think – Ultimately, it would help me as a brand owner gain a better market share going forward because then you just eliminate that out of the way, number one. Um, number two, you'd attract new smokers because they want to try what's not been available. Yeah. So, hey, let me, let me try this Cuban. And then number three, I would think that I could then use Cuban tobacco to blend within my own stuff at the factory in the Dominican Republic. Uh, right now, you're not allowed to do that. If you do that uh, and the U.S. finds out, they will blacklist you and you cannot bring in your product. So none of us do that. But if I'm able to do that, then I can, the same way as I mentioned the ingredients in the Abano and in the Connecticut, I could also sit there and say it also has Cuban tobacco from this region of Pinal del Rio, right? And I'm using tobacco from Boltabajo or, or El Corojo or whatever it may be, and, and we'd go that route. So there's a lot of positives, I think, that could come for brand owners here in the States, if Cuba were competing with us on, on the same level playing field. So I would welcome the challenge. You know, I think the competition would be good. You just got to be able to withstand the the dip and there's going to be a dip because everybody's going to want to smoke Cubans over everything first. Uh, and, and then the, there's, there's not enough value there for what they're asking for those cigars and they're not going to get cheap. One, one thing that you brought up that I've never thought about is the possibility of blending in Cuban tobacco in in the american or central american you know cigar products that fascinates me yeah yeah i mean it'd be, it'd be really cool i would i would assume they'd be functioning like any other country and the dr in cuba for example and nicaragua certainly because they're, they're they're communists um are able they deal with each other all the time yeah so if i wanted to i'm certain i could buy cuban tobacco from cuba and bring it to the dr i don't think that'd be an issue uh, i think the issue then is blending it into your cigars and then having it come here to the states which that i would not even tamper or come even close to doing yeah. so you know going forward if, if the u.s and, and cuba normalize relations and i think that would be a viable a viable a- avenue for cigar manufacturers to take i think very you know? interesting well now, mm-hmm. and the one point you also brought up that i want to touch on is you you mentioned that uh you kind of offhandedly said that you didn't even know if they would have the infrastructure in cuba to to accommodate cigars for the United States market. And that's an interesting point to me as well, is that, you know, right now the, the, the cigar manufacturing infrastructure in Cuba is set up for handling the rest of the world minus the United States. But when you add in the United States, you know, that's a lot of cigar smokers to just suddenly dump onto a company and say, hey, now you can market to these people. And by the yeah. way, they're clamoring for your product because they haven't been able to have it for, you know, what, 60 plus years and, uh, you know, whatever else. So, I, I mean, are they even going to be able to keep up with with the uh, the American market? 
I, I don't think so. And, and and let's be honest, right? The American market dwarfs the rest of the world combined. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it just does. Uh, and I think what would happen perhaps is Cuba would then be forced to either cultivate tobacco from other countries and then blend or even manufacture in other countries and also blend. So at that point, you're me. You're doing the same thing I'm doing, well, right? Yeah, and so, the thing is, yeah. and the thing is, you have all this experience doing that. Whereas Cuba, correct me if I'm wrong, they're not using tobacco from other regions and other countries, correct? They're just supposedly they're not. Um, I've heard I've heard rumors that they are. Okay, I don't know that to be true. You know, um, I, I I don't. I like to think that they don't, um, simply because I you know I believe in the integrity of not Cubans necessarily, but in the integrity of the industry a little bit. Yeah, um, but. You know, if they're doing it, they're doing it in a very hush hush way. That's why it's a rumor. Yeah. Um, you know, so I like to think that they're not. But I don't know. The way, they, you know, going forward, I think they'd have to. They'd the way I've to. always kind of had it explained to me is kind of like, you know, when you look at the cars in Cuba, they're very, you know, a lot of them are very old cars that they've just uh, maintained and kept going throughout the years and that sort of thing. And it's kind of the same. And, and so, you know, if you were to drop a. 2020 you know ford uh, escape or whatever in in uh, cuba it's going to be like you know a rocket ship in comparison to some of the things that people are driving there and it and i've kind of heard that comparison to cigars as well that you know there's been a lot of advancements a lot of uh experimentation and work and everything on the blending and all this kind of stuff to where um and not just the blending i mean just the cultivation of the plants themselves to where if you were to drop all that into cuba it might it just it just isn't going to necessarily take off right away. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. But I, I know I've seen, and you guys can look this up. Uh, yeah. There was a uh, a show. I think it's called a World Traveler or whatnot. It had nothing to do with tobacco. He went over there to drink rum. Okay. What the guy does is he he drinks, and uh, it's on the Travel Channel or whatnot. So he winds up in Cuba, drinking rum and trying different rums. And by proxy, he winds up also in a tobacco field, and he's showing how how much of, of the art hasn't been lost. So they're tilling the, the soil with oxen. I mean, give me a break, right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's not because they're doing it to be old school. They're doing it because they just don't have the infrastructure to have the machinery to till the soil. That's Precisely. just tilling the soil, let alone the advancements that have been done in, in keeping the, the crops the way they are now and, and generating all the stuff that they do now. Um, yeah, I, I think they'd be, a they, 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 they'd be in a, in a, in a difficult position to keep up, but yeah. you know, we'll see, it, well, it, you know, it, it will happen, right? It's going to yeah. happen. It will get normalized eventually. I would it, it think at some forever. point. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I've had people tell me, Ooh, I only smoke Cuban cigars. And I'm like, why you're missing out on so much. The, the, the little bit of contraband that has trickled its way to me over the years. Now I want to be honest, I'm a good American and I destroy the contraband as soon as I get a hold you of burn it. it right? <laughs> yeah, you burn it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, but but that being said, um I find Cuban cigars to be very one note. Yeah. 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 And and I they're, they're I mean they're really not and it's always boggled my mind. So you get uh, some American smokers who will rave about Cubans and then the the non Cuban cigar they want is a chest buster. Well, you, you don't get a single chest buster out of the Cuban cigars. They're, for the most part, they're not strong, strong cigars. They're more on the mellow side. Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are terrific. But, you know, they're going, well, I only smoke a Pajon 26, which is really, really strong. Well, great. But you're, you, that's two separate flavor profiles completely. Oh, totally. You know, totally. you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, so where do you stand? 
if it's a Cuban, you're going to forgive that it's mellow, um, that it's maybe more one-dimensional. But if you're smoking anything that's not Cuban, you want it to be the most complex thing in the world and the strongest thing in the world. I, I can't reconcile those things. You yep. know? <laughs> Agreed. So, Nick, what are you getting on your stick? So, I'm... Uh... Still getting some uh, some pepper. I'm a little over There's halfway. A little yeah, you're just like puffing away quick over there, yeah, man. I smoke a lot faster than Nick does. Yeah, so. I am not. I'm still in the first third of this cigar. I'm taking my time with it. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. It's it's uh, a great draw. That's the other thing, man. The the draw on this cigar is fantastic. Do you guys do like Thank you. draw testing and all that? Yeah, yeah. Every single cigar gets draw, draw tested through the draw master. Um, we have a couple of them at the factory, and then there's I think three in storage in case any of the two break. So every single cigar goes through the draw master and we try very, very hard to, to keep quality control. I mean, it's a man-made thing, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, look, some, something it, may potentially come along, but you do your best to try and mitigate that. Absolutely. 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 And we try really hard to do that. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the brand might, the brand itself has been built always on if, and it's only happened a couple of times where a shop, has had a complaint from a customer and I replaced the box. No questions asked. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, listen, we want to make you whole. Thank you for, for allowing us in your, in your beautiful shop. And thanks for taking a chance on a new brand. So, and, and again, going back to the honesty of the industry as well, like I said, it's only happened a couple of times. And I really do firmly believe that that consumer has complained, um, in a genuine way. Uh, they've had a, a serious issue with a cigar, whatever it may be. Um, and one of the cases it was because it was, kept under humidified it was a shop in in arizona in phoenix and you know i get pretty warm out there yeah uh, and when i when i took a trip over to visit the and shop very, and very dry yeah very dry the humidity inside the the humidor was stupidly low and things were just cracking but we still replaced it and um you know the, we, we've done a lot of business with that shop so you know just uh the idea is to try to do the best we can but i always forgive construction on cigars when i smoke someone else's brand because having a factory, I know that things happen, right? Yeah. And um, I'm always willing to forgive for a few cigars. After a while, if it's a constant thing, then, whoa, okay, no. Because, you know, you're burning the $10 bill or whatever it may be. Exactly. That's what you're doing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and yeah. I'll tell you, you've got nothing to apologize on this uh, Connecticut because, I mean, the burn line is just impeccable. And again, like I talked about the ash earlier, it's marbled up really nice. I mean, just a beautiful smoke. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Jeff. So thank you. You guys, <coughs> pardon me. <laughs> it was me, it was me <laughs> inhaling my inhaling inhaling my exhale is why, what that why was. Nick tries to compose himself. I'm going to mention we've got some uh, cicadas or locust or what whatever you want to call them uh, that are screaming in the trees, desperately <laughs> looking for a mate, and they're just infuriating Nick here they in the are backyard, just driving me nuts back here. So. Um, so anyway, so you guys officially launched in 2017. And then uh, tell me about tell me about 2017 and and 2018. How did how did the first you know couple of years go? They went well. 2017 uh, was the 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 toughest year out of all of them, obviously, because it was it was getting brokers on on board. Mm-hmm. I had a sales director at the time who had been a sales director for two other companies, so he was a godsend. Um, he was terrific. He's no longer with the company at this point, but uh, the, the the three years that he was with me, two and a half years. He really did a lot to at least break the ice with shops in a few different locations. Uh, there was a lot of flying. Uh, I clocked in a lot of miles, and there was a, a learning curve. It was it was it was tough. Now I I envisioned always 
that this was a marathon. Um, and now in the third year, you know, COVID really took a, the, the wind out of my sails here, but uh, S-A-I-L-S, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, because it, it really thwarted our, our going forward. But 27 and 2018, every year we grew. Um, and then, you know, 2019, we finally made it to the IPCPR with a booth. We, we went all in. We had a, a fairly large 600 square foot booth standalone. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I went, the idea was go semi big or go home, right? I, I didn't have a booth the size of generals, let's say, well, but yeah. you know, w- we made an impression and, uh, going into this year, uh, the idea was going to be the same with the TPE in January of last year. So, uh, uh, of this year, rather, we, we were trying very hard to grow and we have succeeded in doing that. Um, and as time has gone on now, we've got several brokers, we've got several territories, We've grown pretty well, notwithstanding, you know, COVID and, and what it's done. Um, so, you know, and then, I don't know, we, we had a, a pitfall. In, well, I was going <laughs> to, that's what I wanted to get to. That's why I asked about 2017, 2018, because it, it seems like in, in, in the Casa Cuevas history here, it has definitely been peaks and valleys. You guys have, you guys have, yeah. have for, a, for a short time period of doing your own brand, um, uh-huh. It seems like you guys have definitely hit your fair share of uh, of um, complications. Let's I would put it say that. They, got, they got they got a sucker punch. Is yeah, what they that's got. exactly it. So, <laughs> so in 2019, you guys basically were were robbed in something that sounds like something out of a movie. Would you, would you talk yeah. to us a little about the, uh, about that? Sure. Um, 2018 December, we buy a warehouse. We outgrew the uh, the original one we had, and so we we buy a warehouse. And we have a humidor built into the warehouse. You can envision a warehouse. It's got a bay door, right? Um, It's got a front door for an office. And then it's got a back door to an alleyway. And we alarmed it. We put cameras throughout. I did not have insurance yet. We were waiting for, which is, it's on me. We were waiting for the fire extinguishers to then go ahead and, and procure insurance. And we move in in January of that year. We finish refurbishing the office. We have the humidor built up, and it's juxtaposed against the back wall of the area. Now, I would like to just interrupt for a moment and say that I would sure. kill to have a humidor that was essentially a warehouse. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a but, life goal. That's a life goal. Yeah. But anyway, that's so a life goal. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm sorry. No, yeah, you're fine. So um, <laughs> anyway, we, we stick it up against the back wall because nobody's going to put it in the middle of the thing. It just kills the space, right? Everybody mm-hmm. puts it up against the back wall. Um, Inside the humidor itself, it's got your humidification system. It's got lights. It's got everything you need, air conditioning, blah, blah, blah. What it doesn't have is sensors inside. What it doesn't have are cameras inside. Now it does. Then it didn't. And what these guys did uh, one evening over the course of five hours, seven guys, they broke a hole in the exterior wall to the warehouse, then cut into the humidor, stepped inside, and wiped us out. Totally wow. wiped us out. They took 25,000 cigars, which was all of it. Um, they took all of it away. It took them that long. Um, first, it was pouring rain that night because there's cameras everywhere. We can watch them working. Uh, they were all the, the cameras didn't do a damn thing. Their, their faces were covered. We couldn't get a license, but nothing. But anyway, um, so first they started, then they were startled at some point, and they came back. And when they broke through the wall, they realized they were stuck now with two really thick rebars and an electrical tube running through it. So then they left and came back with a cutting tool to try, try to cut through the rebar. You see the sparks coming up and everything. That wasn't successful. So now they had to climb into this little tiny square. And from there, they had to then essentially take 
the goods out. And that's what they did. They piled them all in the alleyway. Then a box truck came once everything was piled up. Then they loaded it all up. They had a sentry in the front of where the building is to the right. Um, and we saw him get spooked when another car came by. And that's when the box truck took off and left some of the stuff scattered in the alleyway. And it got drenched. And then they, they took off. And that was it. We were wiped out completely. Wow, they did wow. it very efficiently. I mean, it, they, they knew what they were doing. Um, why they picked my brand, I don't know. Have I ever seen the cigars again? The answer is no. Um, some of them I could have identified merely like the Flacos, limited edition Flacos. We had come out with these 7x43s that were limited editions and the boxes were numbered. Those I could have identified anywhere. The others looked like anything else. So if you took away the band, it's a cigar, right? It's a Robusto. It's a Toro. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah. 6x60. It looks like every other. But the Flacos were pretty unique and um, those boxes were pretty unique. I haven't seen or heard anything and you know uh, i like to think that they uh they wasted their time and either they're smoking them all or, or they lost them all in the rain or they put them in a warehouse where the conditions weren't great and they all just burst apart i don't know i like to think the worst but uh yeah it was it was really bad it was really painful i, I think what saved us was a uh having the factory let's start with that that helped a lot Right. Uh, otherwise, if I had to buy the cigars outright from the factory to then send to me and then replace, I think I would have been completely bankrupt. Yeah. So, you know, having the factory manufacturing my own helps. And second of all, my uh, my dad's a really resilient guy. So, uh, you know, I remember calling him that morning. He goes essentially, you know, he cursed a bit, said, you know, and then he says, OK, by the end of the week, we'll have some stock over there and we'll just manufacture more. And we'll get it going. And that's what we did. And then to piggyback on that, um, because the flockles were lost and those boxes were numbered, it was 500 of the Abanos, 500 Maduros, and they were engraved with one of 500, two of 500, et cetera, et cetera. We had received those here at the warehouse out of sequence. So I had no way of knowing if Nick had bought box 53 of 500 of the Abanos and Jeff box 22 of 500 of the Maduros. So I couldn't, in all fairness, replicate those cigars in those boxes, right? You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And we didn't do that. So those were lost, lost. Yeah. The other stuff I could, I could replicate, right? Those were gone. So we're sitting around licking our wounds and my, my son goes, you know what? They use a sledgehammer to break through the back wall. And that was, they would take turns as they were busting through the concrete. And clearly they, took a long time to do it because they got they started hitting one of the walls that had the rebar in it which means it was filled with concrete oh yeah uh, they, they, yeah they had to work extra hard at it so as they were going at this for a while and guy after guy was taking you know swings at it because they would get tired my son goes let's come out with a cigar called the sledgehammer which is mandaria to use it as a pun and it's going to be a limited run and it'll hopefully make up for the losses of the flacos Lo and behold, the Mandaria was born. It was a hit at the IPCPR last year. It's been a hit ever since. Now it's part of regular core production. And, um, you know, it was something that was born out of adversity. And it's been really, really well received. And it's sort of, I'll be honest, it, it, it sort of represents the, the, the attitude my dad took, right? So steadfast, you know, keep swinging, we'll be okay. And uh, I'm proud to say here we are, you know, standing, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. That's great. That's great. So going back to the, the robbery itself, nobody's ever been caught. There's never been any Nothing. leads or anything like that, huh? Nothing. And, wow. and 
you know, we have some friends, uh, a good friend who's a retired detective, and he had just retired, I think, within a year before the robbery. So he got on the horn and he did what he could. And at one point, uh, the detective that we had in our case approached me once he realized they had, we had no insurance. I guess we were no longer suspects, right? Because yeah. it could have been fraud or whatnot. And he says, listen, Lewis, truth of the matter is I've got a caseload that's as tall as this building on my desk. No one got hurt. Um, no one got shot, thankfully, right? Nothing happened. You lost product. I get it. I'm sorry. But this is not going to the top of my, uh, of my worry list. So that's it is what it is. And that did, he was brutally honest with me, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, but I mean, had they wanted to really look for it, let's be honest. I mean, I live, I live, I work next to a major artery here, two major arteries here in, in, uh, in Doral, Florida. Uh, they could have easily traced that truck as it goes through the to traffic lights. There's cameras everywhere. And they would have found a, at least a license plate from there on. Um, that was never done. And here I am. So at this point, I talk about it. I don't even feel it anymore. It's like, you know, you have a, a deep wound and then now it's completely healed. So it's gone. It is what it is. Well, that's good. You guys have been able to bounce back from it. I mean, you know. Yeah. What, but what a gut punch. That is a gut punch. Oh, uh, it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, literally, uh, my, 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 my buddy, my, my sales director sat there and just wept. I mean, his eyes got watery and I, I stared at this thing going, I can't believe this is happening to us. Uh, just when we're getting going, right? Yeah. And now you gotta, now you gotta tell people, listen, we can't provide products because I don't have any product and it's a new brand. So out of sight, out of mind, that shelf space is going to be taken up by someone else. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you know, not to mention the financial hit, which was, which was rough. Which is rough because although I was able to replace the cigars at, at wholesale cost to me as a manufacturer, we're still talking about boxes and bands and all that stuff that was that's gone, and that's money too. You know what I mean? And and shipping costs and S ship costs and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it added up to quite a bit of money, quite a bit of money. So, so yeah. I mean, well, I'll I'll just say this: if anybody's in the audience and you have any knowledge or can give any information please reach out to this manufacturer and let them know because it, it it's not right that this happened and, and no one's been held accountable. No. And, and if you guys have noticed it, there seems to be a, like an ongoing issue with this, uh, especially here in Miami, Florida. I know the Gurkha cigars got robbed. I remember the Fuentes truck got robbed once. Uh, the uh, Drew Estates got hit. Uh, who else got hit recently? There's three or four brands. Coot cigars, which I don't think are around anymore, got hit. Um, La Galera it, it from Hochi Blanco got hit in February this year. It almost makes uh, you wonder if, like, somebody – I don't want to say, like, an inside thing, like one of your guys necessarily, but, like, if somebody that's that's familiar with these manufacturers and their, their per- potential layout or their operations and that sort of thing might have some sort of knowledge and might be doing some of this stuff. Yeah, I you know, in my case, it was just myself – my son and my sales director, I don't do outside sales from here. Yeah. Everything's wholesaled. So the, the number of people that really had come through my, uh, my warehouse were a handful of people and people that I knew well. But, you know, that bay door was constantly open as we worked because it's hotter than hell out in that, in that warehouse. Yeah. I mean, the office air conditioned, the rest is not. And if you, all the warehouses are identical, right? So it's a warehouse district. So mine looks exactly like the seven that are next to me. Yeah. Actually, the 12 that are next to me. So if you're walking up and down, now you know there's cigars. It says Casa Cuevas all over the thing. There's, there's signage and whatnot, and yeah. it says premium cigars and whatnot. 
And you look at it and you see that humidor, you know the humidor is juxtaposed against the wall. The air conditioning unit that cools, this is my theory anyway, the air conditioning unit that cools the humidor has a drainage, like all air conditioners do, Mm -hmm. that sticks out the back, way at the bottom, in the alleyway. And I remember seeing in the video, the guy comes in with an iPhone or a cell phone, some kind of phone with with a light on it, and he shines it on what appears to be the drain, and then he takes a few steps left of the drain, away from the door, in the back, in the alleyway, towards the building itself, and then he goes like this in circles on the uh, on the wall, and that's where they started hitting. So, uh, you know, it didn't take a genius to figure out, okay, this is where the AC probably is. The unit can't be blocking the door. It's got to be away from the door, so let's move on, you know, six feet away from the drain, and let's break here. And that's what they did. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's my theory on how they did it, but they had scoped out the place for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, they also didn't. They op- didn't open the the humidor door. Had they done that, the alarms and the sensors in the building itself would have triggered. Uh, so they worked. They worked essentially in the dark, but obviously with a flashlight, right? So they knew enough not to open the humidor door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they assumed there were alarms set out somewhere. Now you know uh, at this point. I have alarms inside the humidor, so anything in there, it's going to trigger. But I didn't know enough. I mean, I thought for sure, how the hell do you get to it? If you didn't go through the front door, the bay door, the back door, you know, you got to go in somewhere. Yeah. It never occurred to me to break a wall and cut in. And they did. Interesting. Yeah, they did. Well, it uh-huh. kind of reminds me of the old hole in the wall gang from Las Vegas back in the, uh, I guess, 60s and 70s. I'm trying to remember exactly when they operated, but the, it was a gang of mobsters out there, and they would go to uh, the really rich houses. And mm-hmm. they knew that the doors and windows had sensors and, and alarm systems. So what they do is they just bang a hole in the wall and just go in through the house and, and rob the yep. place blind through the hole in the wall. So Man. that's how yep. they got their name. But, yeah, so interesting. Well, yep. and, and so then this happens. You said you went to IPCPR and that went well. Yeah. And you're you're kind of getting back on your feet from that. And then COVID comes along in 2020. <laughs> so, so let's let's uh, talk a little bit. How has COVID impacted you? Because you said that your uh, your operations are in the DR, and um, I know that the DR had to uh, suspend its uh, factories and everything for a little while due to COVID. Um, can you yeah. go into all that? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, it, it, not only in the DR, but but here a lot of a lot of the business that I built was based, as I said earlier, on flying. Right. So. Yeah. I go out to these territories and and meet uh, not only the shop owners, but meet the patrons and do events. And and in a lot of cases, not even do the events, but just it's still very much a handshake business. Right. You want to get to know the person behind the brand. And and I certainly want to get to know the the store owners and develop that relationship. So that ended in a hurry. So opening up new accounts that way, that was gone. And then we started going through the stock that we had little by little. Uh, March and April, and actually I was looking at numbers a few minutes ago, and, and part of May were putrid, putrid. Oh. They were they were brutal for me. Yeah. But we still were selling cigars because online sales picked up on people that we do business with, like Neptune Cigars, uh, which is a big online retailer here in, in Miami, Florida. They they sold throughout the United States. They started moving a lot, and a lot of shops reinvented themselves, so they were doing online or curbside pickup. So we were moving product, and then we ran out of products. But then we were shut down at the DR, oh, so, no. <laughs> right? So now you can't receive product because there's no one there to send it. So it was like a double whammy. I got to give credit, though, to the 
folks out there who own the shops and have had just this infinite patience with with us. Uh, and I'm talking about me, but I'm sure it was the same with every other brand that they dealt with where they understood, hey, listen, I just can't get you the product. Or uh, in one instance that we had up to recently, and this is up to maybe two weeks ago, we had ordered boxes in January and we just received the boxes on two weeks ago. So I had product at one point, but I had no boxes. So here I'm asking manufacturers, I'm sorry, shop owners, hey, would you guys mind refilling boxes? I'll give you a discount on the box itself, but I, I don't have boxes to give you. I have received the cigars themselves, but I don't want to sell them as bundles. It's not a bundle stick. It's a premium cigar. Yeah. Could you please refill those boxes? And, and to a man and a woman, they all said, yeah, we've already carried the product. Yeah. And by the way, if you've got any empty boxes, send them our way and refill them yourself and we'll put them. We won't sell the box. We'll sell the stuff inside. And, you know, they really went out of their way to, to, to help us out as a small brand and, uh, and give us a hand and not completely being out of sight, out of mind. So kudos to all the shops out there. Not a one. Can I remember? I'm thinking about this hard. Not a one said, no, I'm sorry, uh, you know, either it's the box or nothing. Uh, not a single one. And, you know, God bless them. They, they did, did great things. I mean, our factory was able, once we were get to get back on board, uh, the hours were shortened. Social distancing still goes on. The, ma the, the rollers and everyone else has to wear a mask and a face shield. Consider that uh, they don't work in air conditioning. It's hotter than hell. Oh, so, so you, you know, you got both those things on. But we were able to space out every one, and we had to let some rollers go. But we were able to space them out enough so that we were at least get production going again to some degree. Yeah. The box manufacturer, though, the way their operation works over there in the DR, they can't do that. So they fell behind in production incredibly. Uh, and that's what led to the delay in, in getting those boxes. So, you know, I had to wait, what, eight months to get boxes? It was incredible. I know you're not the only manufacturer that's dealt with that. I've heard of at least oh, a no. couple different ones that they've had that exact same issue. And um, the one that's coming to mind is La Flor Dominicana. You know, I know that they uh, they started putting out their, their cigars to retailers in the same way. Just they bundled them up and basically said, you know, here, if you have a box, refill the box and everything. Well, but, you, know, and, and, you, you got to do what you got to do. So. You got to do and piggybacking on that, La Flor their boxes are made where my boxes are made. Ah. It's, the same, it's the same box maker. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, in Santiago. So yeah. Dealing with the same so, yeah. issue. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Interesting. So then, mm -hmm. um, you know, since you, you talked a little bit about uh, March, April, May, how have things kind of rebounded now that you're starting to see some states uh, reopen to some degree. I know COVID's still an ongoing issue and, you know, some states reopen and then shut back down. And, you know, like we live in Illinois, we were on like phase four of a five stage plan. And now um, uh, the region that we live has had a few extra cases. So now we're kind of back into what I'm calling like phase 3.5, you know, where they've kind of scaled us back a little bit, but not quite to what phase three was. So how, how have uh, sales and everything been since uh, since the end of May? They picked up a lot. I mean, June June was decent, and then July was just phenomenal. Um, July was one supposed to be PCA. End, remember, end of June, early yes. July. Or, yeah, I remember. So we ran some specials. Everybody, I think everybody in the industry did their, their own private PCA uh, where you gave aggressive deals. And essentially what we did anyway is the costs that I would have incurred in going to Vegas – and being there for about a week, essentially, um, and having Which is them not boot. cheap, no, at all, 
at all. Um, and then having the booth and having the not only the space for the booth, but the booth itself. And obviously you go to dinners and, you know, there's the drinking after and all that nonsense. It gets really expensive in a hurry, right? Nick knows um, all about the drinking after. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did TPE this year. And so um, we'll get to that in a second. But anyway, okay. just to complete your thought there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I took a, a lot of what we would have spent and turned that into really aggressive specials that we gave shop owners. Um, and it went very, very well. Uh, and things have tapered off a little bit in August because, again, things started shutting down. So the brokers that we have are now finding difficulty in doing events and doing this and doing the other. So that that's, that's part of it, right? I mean, you, yeah. you get – you open up a shop. And the shop goes, okay, great. Can we set up an event, a cut in lights? Uh, maybe a, 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 can you work the humidor for me? Can you do this, the other, and get the cigars into people's hands? And in a lot of instances, is do you mind if, if Lewis flies out here and just, you know, introduces himself to the patrons, whatever? That all went to hell. Yeah. And so, you know, th- there was a dip again. So this, this cut back on, on this phase one, phase two, and you were moving along, and now you're back to, you know, phase one or whatever it may be, it, it's hurt a bit, but July really was very, very positive. And I think ultimately uh, it, it's going to be okay. It's, it seems to be dying down a bit. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know, I think Jeff is the conspiracy theory, but you know, <laughs> oh, rather, yes, but yes, maybe, maybe in November it all ends, you know, uh, who knows? <laughs> I, I have money on that. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying is that there's a certain presidential candidate, uh, that happened to say that there should be a national mandate for masks that goes for three months that would end right about election mid November. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we'll just, yeah. we'll just, we'll just go past that. So, so, <laughs> So you mentioned TPE though. Yeah. Uh, so how did you how did you guys enjoy that show? You know what? I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, we had one of the uh, little islands that were shared by different brands. Yeah. It was like a little pantheon, and you were there. I was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly so, what you're talking about. So the cost was negligible, really, compared to to PCA or IPCPR. It was really affordable. Um, I was very, very pleased. I'm excited about being there in January, notwithstanding COVID, right? If, yeah. if COVID comes uh, or sticks sticks around past November and into January, then obviously that's not going to happen. But I was really, really happy with the way it worked. And, you know, if you've been to, to IPCPR in the past, everybody had downsized a lot. So, you know, Gurkha normally has this tremendously gigantic booth and it's general. Let's not even go there, right? They had two tables with a tablecloth on top and a backdrop. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and, and they were there to make money. Uh, and I'm sure they did. So, you know, we made money. I came out with a profit. Can you believe that? Because wow. at last year's, at last year's IPCPR, I lost quite a bit of money. I knew it was going to happen. I wasn't surprised. I looked at it as an investment and it, and it worked right. Uh, the, the, I got, I got a lot of press um, we got a lot of visitors and inquisitive people and a lot of contacts that came after the IPCPR that then opened up accounts eventually. So, you know, the sales there were great, but I still lost money because of the incredible expense of the, of the big booth and, and all that other stuff that goes with it and the expense of you know, traveling over there and whatnot. Um, TPE was a different ballgame. I mean, I made money right off the bat and I was, I was, sites i mean you, you didn't have to you, you weren't there to impress the shop owners with this enormous booth that you have and bands and this and the other 
you were there to discuss cigars, smoke cigars. Do they like the price points? Do they like the sticks? Uh, do they like the family behind it? And that was it. So let's do business. And it, it was great. It was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I've never been to a PCA or uh, IPCPR uh, show. Um, the TPE show this year was my first my first one going, and uh, I was really impressed. I thought it was nice. Um, that it was casual. I thought the uh, the way they had it laid out with the color coded carpet was nice in order to determine mm-hmm. you know what was the premium cigar area and what was the area for all the other products and everything. I, I thought it was a really good really good show. And everybody yeah, I, that I've I, talked to has said the same thing. Yeah, everybody was positive. I mean, it, it's normally when um, IPCPR day ends and we all congregate uh, at a certain bar and, and we all you know talk shop. And, and a lot of business is done after hours, right? Yeah. When we all do that, you'll hear uh, manufacturers complain about the attendance, about this, about that. I, I tell you unequivocally to, to a person, that wasn't happening at, at PCA. Well, I mean, at, uh, at TPE, rather. Everyone was, at the end of the day, you had your drink, and you still conducted business, but you were upbeat. You were happy. You were like, oh, shit, you know? I'm, I'm sorry I said that. Uh, oh, no. You forgive me. Say whatever you want. No. You know, you, know, you're, you're, you were you're going. Not, you're not going to offend us. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and, and our listeners are pretty tone deaf to it at this point, too. So. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. So, yeah, I mean, everybody was going, damn, man, I'm actually making some money here. This is great. Yeah. You know, I don't have to. So, yeah. Well, and let's be it real. Was... I'd much rather go to Las Vegas in January than July. Oh, Amen. yes. I mean, that's a whole, oh, other, yeah. that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Again, folks, we're speaking with Louis Cuevos Jr. of Casa Cuevos. I'm smoking the Connecticut. Nick has the... I have the Habano here. And I'm down to the final third of this Habano. And... I'm down to the nub. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, I'm smoking, <laughs> smoking a lot faster. But, man, it's a good stick. It's got a lot of a lot of good flavor to it. That the burn line, the construction on the cigar has just been impeccable. Yeah, and the flavor on this has been really great. I mean, I'm still getting um, some spice. The spice is kind of uh, ramping up a little bit here in the final third, and I, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it. And it's, I mean, you know, I've been sl- uh, slow smoking this. Um, I've been trying to trying to eke this out a little bit, and you know, as I do it. Um, I've I've not had any relight issues or anything like that. I mean, Jeff's got his fan going here, so I do. You know, let's be real. I should have had some relight issues, some construction issues, because I mean, I think he's got like a propeller from like a B fifty two. You know, up on the <laughs> up on the. Uh, I actually I actually and, took uh, an engine and inverted it from a Air Force uh, Pavehawk. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's is what that, that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the point is, this thing normally kicks out gale force winds, and I, I'm not having any issues whatsoever with the cigar. So it's it's been great. I love awesome. shopping shopping military surplus. You can find some cool stuff. Oh Lord! <laughs> so, but I, I do want to. I'm I'm going to do a down to the nub retro hail. You ready for this? You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And there it goes. It's it's got a little bit of that pepper to it, but man, it's smooth. Let's let's see you try one, oh, Nick. Lord, Here I always like to what Nick's head explode. So <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yep. There's more pepper on the Habano. Um, he actually it's has, good, though. He has smoke rolling out of his headphones right oh. now. It came out of every orifice. Uh, it's good, though. I yeah. mean, I, I I like this cigar. This is a really great cigar. So, so Lewis, tell us a little bit more uh, more about your, your uh, lineup here, your brand. Because, uh, like I said, we're smoking the Habano in the Connecticut, but that's not all that you guys offer. 
No, we, we have a, a Maduro, and we're talking about the core line, the Casa Cuevas line. There's a Maduro as well. It's a Mexican San Andres wrapper. And here's something I want you guys to do. Um, when you have the opportunity, uh, if you're able to smoke another Habano with that Maduro from the Casa Cuevas line, not the Reserva, yeah. uh, the, the black band, if you're able to smoke those side by side, they're going to taste completely different, as well they should. But they're identical, but for the wrapper. And that was just pure mm. chance, right? So when we blend, we blend with a size. Toro is the, the size we use. We always start blending with a Toro, and then from there we tweak accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you can't, for the listeners out there, you can't just take a the proportions that you're using for a Toro, which is, let's say, a 50-gauge in my case, and then, okay, I'm going to use the same proportions and bump it up to a, a 60. It doesn't work. Uh, you need to actually play with each size. You can't just blend according to just proportions. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. So interestingly enough, as we're working our way through the blends and, and creating it, we had created this particular blend. And when we tasted it with the Habano and the Maduro, although I wanted to change it, my gut was telling me, don't change it. And my dad's going, don't change it. And Alec, my son, is going, nah, don't. And, and we didn't. But it's amazing the difference the wrapper makes. So I know a lot of times you have these conversations with folks about whether the wrapper makes a difference or not. Well, yeah. smoke, smoke those two cigars. You can be a novice smoker, never picked up a cigar in your life. There's no nuanced anything. It's just flat out a different cigar. It's incredible. So we do use that San Andres and that Maduro. And in the Reserva line, we have San Andres again, but the blends are different, obviously, from the core line. Um, it's a stronger cigar. We amped up the Pennsylvania. Uh, the Colombian is not in either of those. Uh, we amped up the, uh, the Nicaraguan Lajero as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit stronger. Also, the binder is different. We're using an Abano binder in both of those. That changes it quite a bit. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of the Reserva, the Reserva line. It's, it's really, really a, a great cigar. That Connecticut is terrific from that Reserva line. It's super well-received. It's just a great cigar. Those come in three sizes right now. There's a Torpedo, a Toro 6x50, and a 5x52 Robusto. And if you're wondering why I got a Torpedo in there, is because remember the line is a grandfathered line. And in 2002, Torpedoes were still what people smoked a lot. Um, and so the FDA doesn't allow you to come out with new sizes other than what was launched. Now, there's another four or five sizes we're going to launch throughout the years as we go forward. But I came out with those three initially. I there see. are no Gordos. There's no 6x60 in the Reserva line because in 2002, there were no 6x60s in that original line. Yeah. So I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and then finally, there's La Mandaria, which is our most full-bodied uh, cigar. Uh, it's an Habano. It's a 6x54, and it's got a shaggy foot and a pigtail. Uh, the pigtail I enjoy because I like the aesthetics of it. And also, it allows you to just clip off the little pigtail, and you can usually just smoke it straight up without having to, to use a cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the shag foot gives the smoker an opportunity to smoke through binder and filler before hitting the wrapper. And then once you hit the wrapper, it transitions, and it turns into something else. There's a lot more spice to it. So it's kind of cool to watch that. Oh, jeez, I'm, I'm smoking, and after about a minute or so, boom, I'm hitting something different. And it's, it's neat the way it transitions. So you know that's why we did it, and I'm glad we did it. That's our lineup for, for now, anyway. Yeah, very cool. So as as we finish up here, Mr. Cuevas, 
what how do people get a hold of you what what's your social media presence um you know how do they reach out oh they can follow us at casa cueva cigars on facebook casa cueva cigars on instagram is a huge instagram presence uh, i know that our website is casacuevascigars.com make sure you put cigars always with the s uh, and and if you if you want to and every every time i've had the the privilege of doing any interviews I always tell people you're more than welcome to reach out to me via email. It's a simple email. It's L-U-I-S, Lewis, my first name, at com. And people have actually reached out and either, you know, asked about where they can purchase the cigars, which the website will tell you. I'll get to that in a second some more. But just to sit there and say, hey, I grabbed one of the cigars and I'm really enjoying it or, you know, just simple, hey, hello, how are you? It doesn't really matter. But if you, if you want to, you know, reach out to me, I – Please, by all means, feel free. Um, you can also reach out to my son, Alec, A-L-E-C, at CasaCuevasCigars.com, um, and you know he'll respond as well. The website, I want to throw this caveat in it, um, is not updated in terms of where the cigars are available because I don't know how to do that, and I'm looking for <laughs> – I've been looking for someone to do that. Now, we're getting close to having someone that's going to come and revamp – the site and the locations, but uh, for the most part, it, it, worst case scenario, what people do is they'll just shoot me an email and I'll respond right away. Where we have the cigars, where you can get them online and all that, all that stuff. So, yeah, please, uh, I, you know, if, if you have a chance to to smoke one of our cigars, please do so. And I'm going to say this: if you only smoke my cigars, you're missing out on a world of good cigars. I don't smoke my own stuff. I remember mentioning somebody only smokes Cubans. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, and it's like me saying I only smoke my own stuff. I smoke other people's stuff as well, and I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a great time to be a cigar smoker. It's a great time to be a cigar smoker. I just aim to be part of your humidor out there, folks. I want to be part of your rotation, part of your repertoire, not the only thing you smoke. You know what I mean? Um, but I would love for people out there to give us a chance. they got to stand on their own, uh, and I think they do. I really do. I think you'll be pleased. Well, that's prompted me to ask one more final question here. So you just said that you smoke other people's cigars. What what other cigars, you know, not to put you on the spot and talk about other manufacturers, but what other cigars do you enjoy? I smoke a, uh, I smoke a great deal of Espinosa because Eric and I are friends. Uh, Jack Tarano, his uh, director of sales, and I are friends for a long time, back when he was with Tarano. Uh, so I, I, I'm partial to those. Um, some of the stuff from Villager I enjoy. Um, some of the stuff from Oliva I enjoy, uh, the Padron 64, um, if I'm ever out there and I, uh, I don't have cigars on me and I, I want a stick that I know is going to be consistent in terms of the flavor that I'm looking for. That's always a go-to for me. Uh, those are always, always, uh, good cigars for me. Um, Vicarious, which is a very small brand out of Ohio and they, um, we manufacture their stuff, but there's, they, it's their blends, right? Yeah, but there's this one particular that they have called the Negotiator. It's a small five by forty-eight box press. It's terrific with a with a Mexican San Andres wrapper. It's phenomenal. I enjoy that. Uh, let me think what else. Crown Heads. I enjoy. Um, let me think. I think that's yeah. That's about pretty much the ones that I go to uh, on a regular basis. I'm you know being in the industry, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that I get a lot of stuff that comes my way, and I don't have to to pay for it because. Miami's like the mecca for uh, people in the cigar industry. So every time you go visit a shop, you know, you're going to wind up seeing reps from everywhere. And uh, they always hand out cigars. We all swap 
cigars. But, you know, if I go to a shop, I look for those. Um, a lot of times I'll, you know, I always like to go to a shop and even though I manufacture, I, I like to buy cigars from that shop owner. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they got rent to pay and they got bills to pay and they got employees to pay. And yeah, it's the right thing to do, I think. So yeah, that's about it pretty much. That's an awesome oh. outlook. I like that. Yeah. Well, folks, if you haven't tried a Casa Cueva cigar, as I've completed my Habano Robusto here, you really are doing yourself a disservice. You, you need to go out. You need to find some uh, somewhere, either brick and mortar, or if you have to go online, you can do that. But but find yourself some Casa Cueva cigars. This was this was a really good experience. And Jeff, for, all, for all my Gatorites out there, they're going to love this <laughs> Connecticut. That was a really, really good cigar, good smoke. Solid construction, great ash, put put off a ton of smoke. It did. And at times I was sitting here during the interview just watching the smoke waft off into our uh, bald cypress tree here, and it's just just a beautiful cigar, beautiful smoke. Yeah, we've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So, Lewis, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us today and uh, talk to our listeners about your, your brand. Thank you so much, again, for, for taking the time and and taking interest, I'm, I'm humbled and, and I am truly thankful. Thank you very, very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You guys be well. It's been a pleasure. Well, Nick, that was a great interview. No, what, what I, a great guy. He is a super nice guy. I want to thank uh, Louis Cuevas Jr. again for coming on and, and speaking with us. And, and seriously. And, and telling us about his line. If anybody in the audience knows anything about that break-in, knows anything about where those cigars Isn't went. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's insane. I mean, you're right. It's something out of a gangster movie. It's something out of a movie. Yeah, you know, I and mean, and let's be honest, they need to be caught and they need to be punished. Oh, brutally. I agree. Well, and and the fact that there's all these other robberies and stuff going on yeah. down there. I mean, like I said, it it almost feels like it's like it's something orchestrated. You know, uh, somebody that knows the the operations and patterns of all these different companies. But yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just can you know coincidence. But and and given the fact that it is Miami, you know, you do have a lot of cigar manufacturers down there. So it's one of those things where you know when you concentrate that many many manufacturers in one area, you know, you're gonna see some robberies, I guess. But that's just but but the the brazenness shame. the brazenness of yeah. of that i mean to take 5 hours for 7 people to be involved in something like that yeah. and the word not trickle out that that amazes me it's crazy but anyway well jeff how about we get into some ask the boys sounds good to me all right So, folks, you can get your questions for Ask the Boys to us by calling the Cigar Pulpit Hotline at area code 863-874-0000. And we are um, in in need of your questions. So feel free to get those to us, you know, whenever. I Otherwise, mean, we're just going to make them up. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to start yeah. making them up. And, I mean, you know us. You don't really, <laughs> no. you don't really want that to You happen. don't want to leave us to our own devices. No, preferably not. So, anyway, we... Uh, we have our first question here. Hey, Nick and Gator. It's Travis, or Sport98 on Instagram, uh, down here in Carterville, Illinois, the true southern Illinois, not up there by St. Louis. Uh, my question is for Gator. Uh, Gator, at what point did you start getting a hint that, that Nick here really is gay? <laughs> Whoa! Stay smoking. Keep doing a great job. <laughs> Whoa! It was the night we spent at Giant City State Park. Whoa! Down by you there, close to Carterville. Boy, buddy, uh, you know, you're close enough. You can come up and have a cigar with us, but man... Uh, Just went right for the jugular. Right for the jugular there. 
I, I was wow. slightly distracted by the uh, very pretty blonde woman jogging by uh, during that question. But but trust me, the question brought me back to reality really quickly. <laughs> Whoa. Um, for the record, I love women. I celebrate everything about women. I love women. Their whole catalog. Whole catalog. There is nothing about women I dislike. And in fact, there's a lot of things about men that I do not like. Not, so. But not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but my personal preference is definitely 100% women. So 100%? 100%. 100%. Okay. I'm going to cut you. 100%. See, when we spent the night at Giant City for a convention Stop. we went to, Nick Nick was scared because there was a spider oh, in the room, God. and I had to kill it for him. And we've talked about this extensively on the cast. But at the end of the night, it basically has turned into me just being his big spoon. You were in the other room. <laughs> I I... I there was nothing, no cuddling. You, you liar! This is exactly how this gets going. Uh, rumors you, get you started. Fucking liar, man! Oh like no, 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 no. Nothing took place. I slept in the Murphy bed in the living room, and the reason I bought a new pillow covered in spiders. The reason I bought a new pillow is because the Murphy bed was obviously up in the wall. The pillows were on the bed, and after finding the brown recluse in the cabin, it was, I figured it was the that size pillow, of my fist. I figured that pillow was probably filled with spiders and eggs, <laughs> so I decided to go and buy myself a fresh <laughs> pillow to make sure that I wasn't sleeping on basically a giant spider sack. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I bought the pillow. That's, that brown recluse was the size of my fist. It was huge. It was a big and spider. And I am not screwing around with not that. Not to mention, I killed it with a wash rag that was there. And I left it turned up so we wouldn't pick it up by accident. And then the next day I go into the bathroom, I flip the light on, and I see the dead spider on the wash rag, think it's another spider, and flip out again. I heard a 12-year-old girl scream you know, from the bathroom Jeff, and it turned out to I'm be gonna, Nick. I'm going to cut you. Plain and simple. I am going you to... Were like, just, have you ever heard I'm Flanders slit your scream fucking throat. on The Simpsons? That's what it was like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Woke me up out of a dead sleep. Oh, that was great. Yeah, come up and have a cigar with us sometime, man. Oh. You're close. Yeah, Jeff can buy it for you. We- <laughs> oh, after that, <laughs> after that, absolutely. Oh my God. That anyway, all right. Well, I'd say thanks for the question, but whatever. <laughs> oh my God. You know that's karma for you putting all my goofy sound bites on the board. You know that's what that is. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Happening, boys. This is barbells and beers here. Oh, that means we got like eight got a questions. Of questions. Love it. Although none of them will be Teddy's question from last week for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they have a theme uh, building. To see if there's any updates on what you guys have been doing with the collective smoke that you can share. And a random one. Uh, how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? <laughs> and what was the scariest movie you've seen as a, you saw as a kid? It took you a little while to recover from. I can Stay answer smoky, that. Stay my friends. Congratulations on the one-year anniversary. Here's to many more. Love the content. Love the soundboard. Keep it up. Bye. So barbells and beers. Barbells and beers. And, and he restrained himself. There's only three questions this time. It's impressive. I know. I love it. So it, let's start off. In, well, let's go in order here. So the first question was obviously any updates regarding the collective smoke. Yes. You know, there's been a series of, of contests that have been taking place since the uh, the initial announcement. You know, there was the one that, that My Monthly Cigars did in conjunction with Martinez Cigars. And then that followed up with our contest, 
which um, Jeff, I have the eight and eight by ten in the car, Ooh, and so for we me can to sign. we can finally get that autographed awesome. and get that sent out this weekend. And then um, I have, or then from there, it went to uh, Al and Melissa over at the Good Cigar, and they did their contest. They announced their winner on an episode of Down to the Nub. Uh, the guys at Down to the Nub, they had their contest. They announced their winner over at the Straight Cut. And then from there, the Straight Cut's doing their contest. And, and their contest may very well be over with by the time this episode drops. Yeah. And then from there, that leads into the big contest. And as for the big contest... Details to follow. I think Nick and Dave would probably ha- take out a Hitman if I put out details on that. Oh, who, who are you going to tell? Go, t- I mean, fess you up. know, I'm just, saying, I'm just I, saying. I know enough about it to be dangerous, and guys, you are going to want to enter this Let's contest. just say it revolves a lot around the exclusive uh, TPE cigar that I know that we have talked about, that Martinez is that putting together. That shall be unnamed. Um, the unnamed, un- unbanded, unknown cigar, um, and I know that's going to play into it. And um, let's just say you should be watching for details very, very soon because this is what end of August, man. I mean, we're going to be yeah. coming out with details probably in the next couple of weeks. I would think sometime early September um, about about that. Not so, only stay smoky, stay tuned. Exactly. Yep. So, as for how many chickens can take down an elephant, well, it only took one to get that one over at the zoo in St. Louis. What? There was a chicken that killed that elephant at St. Louis at the zoo. I mean, I knew the elephant died, but I didn't know there was a chicken involved. Well, that's what I heard. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> I will say, Jeff, you're, you're, it only takes one. I mean, if the elephant chokes on a chicken bone. Yeah, or, you know, or it gets the bird flu. Otherwise, I would say it would have to be a giant flock of chickens just yeah. pecking away. Because, you know, I, I learned something recently. It, it, wait, is a giant... It would like a large group of chickens. Would that be like crows? Like, would that be a murder? I mean, it could be a murder. I don't know if it's, if it's yeah, taking if out an the elephant. Taking out an elephant would be a murder. Um, I will say, I learned something recently on a show um, that my wife was watching. It's she's into these like animal surgery shows, which is really it's 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 really weird that this is a it's thing. Very niche, but yeah. But anyway, um, did you know that when they're doing surgery, they can't do surgery on elephants? In the same way, like because the skin, it's so thick and it's so leathery that they can't um, it, it, it when when they try to seal up the, the hole that they use to that they it, the incision yeah. when they seal uh, try to seal up the incision, the skin won't won't allow for that. And it and it just stays open and it doesn't seal back up. So just they, festers. Yeah, it's a it's a whole problem. Mm. So so. Surgery on elephants is apparently very complicated. So with that being said... Is that where you have to employ the Ant-Man technology and... I would think so. Going through the butthole. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would think... Back to the original question. I would think that you would need an (laughs) awful lot of chickens because, you know, even if they're pecking, that hide is very, very thick. So you would need a lot of chickens. It's kind of like the beginning of uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You have to kill it from the inside. You do have to kill it from the inside. Yeah. And then as for the final question about a scary movie from your childhood that um, spooked you and it took you a while to get past, I'll let Jeff go ahead ooh, with ooh, that first. Ooh, Mr. Kata, pick me. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I know exactly what movie you're going to mention. Trilogy of Terror. Yeah, the little Zulu doll. Yes, that Zulu doll haunts me to this day. <laughs> that little bastard, the <laughs> necklace falls off, and all of a sudden she reaches for it under the couch, and it pokes her finger with that like big, long spirit it's got. Yeah. And then it chases her around the house. 
and it ends up in the oven, and then I I don't like it. Kind of falls off the rails there, but that thing scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like twelve when I watched it, and it haunted my dreams to this day. I'm trying to think. I didn't watch a lot of scary movies as a kid. Mostly just. I'm not big into scary movies. I've just never really been. I, you know, I like the the old classic Universal horror. You know, the the Bella Lugosi, Lon Chaney. You know, those ones. But um, more contemporary scary movies, I, I I've never really been big into. I'm trying to think. I there was one time, <sighs> The Exorcist haunts me a lot. I mean, that what happened in St. Louis. That movie. That movie does like. You know, and it was a boy, not a girl. When I when I when I've seen that, that movie does stick with me. But I've seen that mostly as like either a teenager on up. Um, you I know would the say, whole the whole wing at that hospital still boarded off to this day. I am aware. Yeah. So I would say, as a kid, though, there were two movies that my parents had on, and both of them caused me considerable amounts of uh, stress, um, psychological ch- damage. As chi- it were child child's play, having having one of your toys come to life and try Chucky? and kill you. Oh yeah. Not so much Chucky as a as a, a individual, but but as a concept that your toys come to life and try yeah. and kill you. You know that that freaked with me. But then, um, have you ever seen the movie House? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie. Now House Two was really good, but it was more of a comedy. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, House was House was an issue. Had Cliff Clavin show up? You know, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Which was the one that had the? Was it the West? Because isn't it? A, it's a it's a bunch of different. It's not one continuous story, isn't it? Like a bunch of different stories. House Two was no House Two was the uh, standalone story, to my knowledge. Okay, my remembrance. All right. Well, anyway, the the, the I just remember the first uh, House that movie. That movie kind of didn't that have the greatest American me. hero in it, or was that I couldn't two? tell you. I haven't watched it since I was a dinky little kid because I remember it scared the bejesus out of me, and I've never gone back. <laughs> now I will tell you something. Nick and I on one of our mandates. Went to see a movie called, is it Heredity? Hereditary? Yes, Hereditary. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That thing That thing did some psychological damage yeah, to that, me. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, man. It um, wasn't how it was marketed. So you went into the theater thinking it was one thing. It was another. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it on the show before. It's one of those movies that when you're first watching it, you're kind of sitting there going like, okay, what's the point? Where's you this know? going? Like, Where's yeah. this going? And then one thing happens. And then it went there. And it just goes way off the rails, like right <laughs> yeah. from there. And it's just like, whoa. And trust me, you'll know exactly what point I'm talking about when you see the movie. You know, the other movie that was kind of like that was, uh, is it Cloverfield? It's the one where John Goodman got like the bunker. I feel like we've done this whole conversation. We before. have, but we've it's done, been a year. We're yeah. circling back. It's really but not been a year. That, probably that's since one we've of those movies. This. It's kind of the same with Hereditary, where it's yeah. one movie for the first act and a whole nother movie for the next act. Like it, it's like they shove two things together, and that was how Heredity was. Okay, or, or Hereditary. Sorry, it really wasn't. The first part of that movie was. But it, I'm saying the first part like of the totally movie different. It was just, set in one tone, and then one thing happens, and then it turns into something else. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so okay. it, it was almost like they squished the beginning of one movie and the end of another together. Whereas Cloverfield, the one you're talking about with John Goodman, that was basically like an in the house, like abductor story until it was about fucking aliens. Exactly. So whatever, <laughs> a little little different. So exactly. All right, well, let's get on to our final question for this week's Ask the Boys. Hey, Bishop Gator, uh, not really a question. This is Trent, uh, better known as This Is My Cigar Account on Instagram. Trent. And um, I was thinking about 
after listening to Tuesday's episode, that Gator, which you may have been picking up and interpreting as gasoline on one of those cigars, could just be the ammonia if you're smoking it too fast. Just a thought. Uh, Have a good one. Stay safe and stay smoky. You know what? See, dude, there I you go. I bet he's exactly right because I do smoke. You fast. smoke way too fast, and and especially that one cigar. And it may very well have even been the one that I'm. I, I at one point remember I referred to when you when you ashed. You had that point yep. going. I had a spear. That's indicative of you smoking too fast and the filler not pro- uh, properly burning down with the rest of the cigar. And if that was the cigar that you got that burnt gasoline smell on, that would have uh, that would have potentially also been the issue. Yep, I. That's bet exactly that's what it exactly You gave what yourself that problem. I then. did. I well, bet that's exactly what it was. Then there you go. The joggers coming back by. Oh my god! <laughs> Nothing creepy about this at all. <laughs> I Jeff, can... put the binoculars down. I mean, good God, man. So best up. She's probably your neighbor of some sort. I mean, you don't want to be, like, creeping on that. I'm not creeping. It just I just noticed when she ran by, it was delightful. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, folks, you can get your questions to ask the boys. I've at, stayed 100 feet away. I'm, I'm, you know, the court order's in through place. Through the Cigar Pulpit Hotline, area code 863-874-0000. And uh, we definitely need your questions. Get them, get them to us quickly. Yes, we do. It's so fun. <laughs> Love that music. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, well, I live for the music more than the questions. Is I that can, wrong? I can tell. Yeah. So, Jeff, why don't we give away some cigars? Damn straight. So we uh, we kind of neglected to do this. We gave in away the, four. the Battle of the Budget. We gave away episode. four on the anniversary. We did. Episode. We did. So, and I am still waiting uh, to hear back from two of the individuals from that. I don't know though. Actually, time, by the time, time by, the, by the time you hear this, time you've missed up. it by a day. So yep. hopefully, you uh, you two got them. Got got. Well, back we're to batting five hundred so. right now. We are, yep. you know, so we got that going for us. So anyway, this week uh, we are going to be giving away another prize pack from Martinez Cigars. You're going to get a nice variety of their cigars, so you can give that line a try. And we want to thank Dave and Jesus over at Martinez for providing the prize packs. With that, how about we go ahead and, oh, wait, let me tell you how you can get signed up for this. Yeah, for our, uh, you know, bi-yearly newsletter. Anyway, go to our, our website, cigarpulpit.com. You can sign up to uh, enter the contest by signing up for our um, newsletter, which, yes, I've only put out one, Jeff, but, you know, the year's still going, so I could could get another one and, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not blowing up people's inboxes, so. Oh, no, not at all. Anyway, you do it. You know I'm not going to do you it. You do it. You know I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying, you're going to sit there. You're the com- ambitious one. You're going to sit there and complain and criticize me Oh, and no. Everything. I'm going to make you, fun mercilessly. You can do it. How yep. about that? How about we just give you the, the, the project of the of the newsletter well, Wait, there? that means I get the list and I can sell it. No, you just got to assemble the newsletter. I'll, I'll send it out. Oh, no. I'll send it. Go ahead. No, anyway. Yeah, I'll be glad to do that. All right. Well, our winner for this week um, is on the email newsletter list. So, with that being said... We need Drum roll, to, please. Uh, yeah, we need to uh, congratulate Jeffrey Witten. Jeffrey Witten. Jeffrey Witten. Great first name. You have to get back in touch with me by the following Monday uh, after this show comes out just to send me an you email. You have six days. You have six days. 
send me an email at nick, N-I-C-K, at cigarpulpit.com with the subject line, I'm the winner, and just give me your mailing address, and we will be glad to get these shipped out to you as soon as possible. So while you're on that, how do people reach out to us on the other socials? We're on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as on Instagram at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. It's my page. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you can always reach out to us through CigarPulpit.com. So Jeff, it's now that time of the show, every Uh Tuesday. Uh Uh-oh. Where we welcome our friend Larry the Mute for another one of his uh, reviews of the factory machine-made stuff. Hi, Larry. How you doing, Larry? So, Larry is pulling up a chair, and Larry today is going to be reviewing the Havana Honeys. Little sweet things. Yeah, I've had those. I figured you did. I have. So, they come in a nice little two-pack, and he will be... He will be reviewing the Havana Honeys. So, so Larry, why don't you take it away and tell us about the Havana Honeys. I'm just going to wait this one out. <laughs> you know, but you didn't. You didn't. This you, is absolutely, this is ridiculous. You're, you're rude to Larry again. And once again, Larry's getting cut off, so... And now he's storming away. You realize so, how crazy I this mean, is. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. He, I mean, Larry, you don't need to throw the chair. So anyway. All right. Well, I'm telling you, man, at one point or another, this segment's going to have to end because he's just going to get pissed off at you and not going to want to come on. But you realize there's no point to this. Or theoretically, I could do his over the phone. You know, then we could get the whole review in. <laughs> just saying. You know, we could have him call in and then that way. That may be the most absurd thing you've ever said. <laughs> God. Anyway. Oh well, God. thanks, Larry. We appreciate it. Anyway. Do we? I did. I mean, I like seeing him. I like hanging out with him. But it you're just, just doesn't a dick make, to him. It doesn't make any sense on the show. I don't know. Anyway. You get that, right? I think it's a perfectly fine segment. <sighs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Bye, Larry. Oh, yep. I'm number one. <laughs> gonna tee me up for my monthly at some point here and then we can do that and call this a day i kind of like to let you flounder you're a dick <laughs> so nick speaking of cigars <laughs> what's my monthly cigars.com my monthly cigars.com is a uh, premium cigar subscription service where you can get boxes of cigars sent to your home every every month. We get the uh, Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also have the Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. Both the Robusto and Presidente boxes are covered under the MSRP guarantee, which states that the value of the cigars in the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. So I think for August, we're looking at what, like a $41 MSRP for the Robusto yeah, box. Yeah, 41 42 somewhere but in But it's only range. 30 bucks, so yep. you're saving $11, or you're saving $32 if you get that Presidente box. Darn right. And if you use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, P-U-L-P-I-T. then that will get you <laughs> free shipping on your first box or 20% off any of the items on their online store, because Nick over there at My Monthly, he's got a great online store with not just cigars that have been in a the plethora. boxes previously and accessories, but he's also got other cigars, so of check, items, them, check yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy, too. He is. I like Nick Gervais. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. Okay. I'm sure he won't hear this at any point. Yeah. Yeah. He's too busy off doing other podcasts. I know, right? <laughs> He's making the circuit. You know, starts with it and moves it on. Uh, 
Well, you know what? But he started here. I mean, technically, there was Martin Amaya. Okay, fine. His, he didn't his start his YouTube here. reviews, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were yeah. we were very close second. Gervais is a good Ow. cat, so do business with him. I left my sandals in the sun, and they are very very hot now. In the sun, in the sun. Mary. <laughs> anyway. Jeff, do you I can't have, believe you left me that open. You're you, just staring in disbelief. Do you have anything else for the betterment of the cause here? Oh, heavens no. All right. Well, my we fi- love you guys. Final thought on my uh, Casa Cuevas. I had the Fabano uh, Robusto. Fantastic cigar. Yep. Highly recommend it. Great flavor. I'm, great construction. You know, I, I have... Nothing but great things to say. I'm always nervous when we're smoking a cigar like this, kind of blind with the manufacturer on the phone. Because the last thing I ever want to do is crap on a cigar, you know, in front of somebody. Yeah. And this cigar just met and exceeded the expectations. It was a great stick. He was absolutely right, too. It paired up with the coffee so nicely. Good. Yeah. I mean, you're not a coffee drinker. No. Which, in my mind, means you shouldn't be trusted. But I like coffee. I like cigars. And it paired up wonderfully and i didn't have a nice tea so i didn't pair it with anything no i got some so. kombucha here if you'd like some. i don't want to drink your backwash kombucha it's good this one's the unity by gt's and it's actually uh cherry coconut and lemongrass very refreshing all right then well anyway unless you have anything else should people stay smoky now yeah everybody this has been another sermon from the cigar po- god i'm ready for you to go to florida <laughs> This has been another sermon from the cigar. I this has been another sermon from the cigar pulpit. I'm Nick. I am the Gator. The Gator. The Gator. Yeah. Okay. We're taking it up a notch. You know, one thing we didn't talk about. What's that? Our cigars are going to be out so soon. Yeah, a couple weeks. We've been working on the band, guys. Yeah, we have been. We have been working on the band. It's been a process. It has. You know, and that's and that's the thing. We were talking with Louis Cuevas about the bands and everything. I mean, what a nice guy. Well, I agree, but but there there's a lot that go into band artwork, and yes. so you know when you're smoking these things, take a look at the band. It's, I'll tell you something: it's a lot putting, of effort that goes into that. We're putting in the man hours. We are, and driving David Martinez is absolutely insane. Well, you know, they wouldn't have put those lions on that first band. <laughs> I would have uh, not had a. Problem. I just wanted gators, but they put those goofy looking lions anyway. It, it was like something out of Siegfried and Roy. There won't be any lions. On no, the band, there's no guy. lions. No band. No lions on the band. Anyway. You know, that should be the exclusive that we give away is one with that one band. Yeah, but then we'd have to print that one band. That's true, and it would cost thousands it, to print one band. One yeah, band, yeah. right? Exactly. Anyway, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Okay, I got a joke for you. Oh, God. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? You know, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard that. In fact, you may have even told that on the show before. Likely. Probably. I told the moth joke the other day. It was gold. Anyway. Stole that from Super Dave. Yeah, I know. Bye, Nick. Bye.